You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of B-School. Today, we have Mary Hodges on the show. Y'all are going to love her. I already know. Mary Hodges is the host of the Abundantly Being podcast, where she and her guests share tips for building a soul-aligned business, creating fulfillment from within, and taking ownership of your life. Mary's mission is to help entrepreneurs create a thriving life and business from the inside out so that they can experience more flow, more fun, and more freedom while they share their gifts with the world. Mary, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I recently had the chance to be on Mary's podcast. I will link to that episode in the show notes if you want to hear the tables turned and hear her interview me. And we just had such a a really great conversation, which made me really, really excited for the conversation I'm about to have with you right now. So Mary, before Abundantly Being, you were a lawyer and eventually you made a list that kind of changed your life. So can you tell me more about what was on that list? Yeah, I think if it would help too for the audience to maybe just give a few seconds about why I needed a list in the first place and then diving into what was actually on that list. So I found myself in the year of 2018 working with a firm. I had my own firm. I joined a group of people as a partner. So I was still in an ownership role, but we had some major deals that we were working on for clients. And I found myself working, you know, 80 hours a week in a high stress situations and just wondering like, how the heck did I get here? Because, you know, I I know all these things that are important about life, but yet I find myself in this, like in this rut of not being able to take care of myself. So that experience in 2018, that high stress environment really made me ask myself, what was really important for me and how can I then structure my life around that? So the list I came up with of like non-negotiables in my life to kind of guide what type of work I wanted to do, what types of environments I wanted to be in um, were the following. So number one, first and foremost for me is I want to be healthy. Nothing else matters if you do not have your health. So I wanted to create an environment for me to always make sure I was healthy, I was thriving, Second to that was then I wanted to make sure I was in a space to make time for the people that I cared about. When you're working 80 hours a week and you're barely barely able to make time for yourself and your own health, your relationships start to sacrifice as well. So it became abundantly clear to me in that experience that, you know, if something were to happen to me, my business is not going to be at my bedside. It's going to be people that are going to be at my bedside. The third thing was that I wanted to do work that was meaningful to me that I felt was creating a ripple effect. So if I'm sharing my light with you and then you share your light with the people around you and so on, we need more of that ripple effect kind of work in this world. We just need a lot more love. 
I also wanted to, the other thing on my list was I wanted to enjoy what I'm doing both in my life and business because I started asking, well, why not? Why would I not be able to have those things if that was important to me? The other thing is that I wanted to make space for travel, to see more of the world, to know more of the people in the world, to experience more of its natural beauty because I felt like I had lost that sense of connection to the people and the planet and I wanted to gain some of that back. And then the last thing on that list was just making that commitment to consistently learning, growing, and evolving, because that's just what it's going to take for all of us to continually move towards more love and understanding with one another. It's kind of getting that first with ourselves before we can have it for other people. It sounds like that list really did like change the way you approached your life, changed the way that you approached your work. So I'm curious if you could give us a peek into what your work and your life, if you want, what that looks like now on the other side of that list. Sure. I I was thinking about that. And when I was really thinking about these principles as being like foundations of what I wanted my life to be like and how I wanted to live, I, I broke that down into three components, purpose, productivity, and plan. And I'll explain what each of those means. So at first, when I'm thinking about purpose, and and this is going to really land with a lot of people, how do I live in my purpose? Like, what's my purpose in life? But more importantly, how do I show up with purpose each day? Because I think in the self-development space, you hear all of this, you hear a lot of content, you hear a lot of advice about the importance of finding purpose. And a lot of us feel that if we don't have that quote unquote, one thing that we're meant to do, that we're losing that connection to to life. But oftentimes coming from that angle and coming from that perspective, if we put so much emphasis on like searching for a purpose, that can result in frustration, it can result in stress and resistance. And really the emphasis that I want to make for myself and for people is that it's more important to really show up with purpose. Anytime we're chasing something that we feel like we don't have, we're creating kind of an external circumstance of fulfillment when really we can be fulfilled from the inside. And you obviously know much about this because this is what your entire business is is based on. So showing up with purpose, showing up with intention, expressing gratitude kind of gives me the ability to find enjoyment where I'm at today, even though I might be aiming or striving for something more in the future. So that's the first component is making sure that I'm living or showing up with purpose. The second component of that is productivity. So how can I manage my energy and my time so that I can do those things that are important to me that I mentioned on my list and have fun while I'm doing it? Because I think we get lost in this rat race. We get on the hamster wheel and we find ourselves not really enjoying life. And what's, what is the purpose if we're not enjoying it? That's kind of a big question I've been asking myself. So when I think about productivity, for me, one component is always going to be that inner work. For me, that's like sleep, exercise, eating healthy, meditating, doing those other activities that are keeping me centered and grounded. And then the other component for that is in how I'm actually then structuring my days so I can move the needle forward in my business. And one of the biggest things for me is making room each day for that distraction-free, uninterrupted focus. The third component, which is the plan, is just making sure that I'm actively in alignment with what I want 
and I'm moving forward consistently. So for that, it's about doing way less. A lot of times we try to put way too much on our plate. And I just started asking myself like, okay, what is one purpose? What is one focus I can have in my business this year? And I can say no to anything else. And when I really narrowed that down to one thing, I found it so much easier to stay on track, stay consistent. Because a lot of times we get pulled off in other directions. And if you can make a commitment to that one thing, it's a lot easier to keep your eye on that focus and keep your eye on the prize. So, and then also having a system of checks and balances along the way to make sure that I'm moving forward, but also kind of doing those things that are in alignment with what I know I want and need in my life. There were so many good gems in there. Something that you you mentioned was just this idea of like being able to work without distraction and being able to have focus. I'm curious if you could dive deeper into that. How do you create an environment, especially, I mean, we just live in this time where like there's unlimited amounts of distractions. How do you find focus to be able to hunker down and really dig deep into the work that you're doing? Yes, I love this question. And this is a topic that is really important to me in the work that I do with my business. And that's called flow state. So people may be familiar with that term. You may have heard it as being in the zone or deep work. And essentially what that is, is when you're so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter, you kind of feel that deep sense of meaning towards the work you're doing. The work is kind of flowing out of you without much effort. Time seems to kind of slow down. In this flow state, people report feeling more creative, more productive, and often like really happy and fulfilled. So when I started really getting interested in the topic of productivity and really learning about flow state, for me, it was really looking at this as productivity is actually a byproduct of achieving this flow state. But this is really much more about finding meaning and happiness and fulfillment in your life above anything else. So that's why it's actually really important to me for to teach this and talk about this. Because you're right, we are absolutely in a distraction filled world. But most often, what people will, will find is that we are the biggest sabotagers of our own focus. So if you're wanting to like some advice on how to actually achieve more flow state in your life, those times of uninterrupted focus, the first thing that you would have to think about is actually being intentional about wanting to make that part of your everyday routine or make sure that you're at least getting tapping into a flow state or a deep work for several days of the week, if you're really trying to move the needle forward in your business. So the first thing is just being intentional about wanting to make the space for that to happen. And then the second thing is then creating the environment for flow state to happen because we are inundated with distractions. So that means you need to, number one, understand what your biggest distractions are. For most people, you'll find it's things like surfing on social media when you're not supposed to be trying to multitask several different things at once, not really getting control of your calendar and schedule. So if you feel like you're in a place where other people are dictating your time instead of you dictating your time, then you kind of have to get a hold of those things and understand where you're being most distracted in life. So, So part of that's really taking an assessment of what's going on. And then 
then once you kind of have a hold on that and understand where am I being most distracted, then you can put a plan in place to start eliminating some of those distractions. You also have to look at your calendar to see when you can carve out time for focus. So if you're a mom that has to get ready or a parent that has to get your kids ready for school in the morning, maybe the morning time for you is not the best time to try and do focused work. You have to look at what you've got going on in your life when it makes most sense in your day to carve out an hour, two hours, however much you can for uninterrupted focus time. And then once you're kind of able to get that sense of it, you have to create and enforce boundaries to protect that time. And I can give you an example so people can kind of understand how this how this could play out in real life. So I have a non-negotiable a non-negotiable in my life where I reserve the first part of my morning for a distraction-free focus. And that's every morning of the week except Wednesdays. So Tuesday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I have a block of time for distraction-free focus. It's super important for me to have that in my calendar. So in order to, one, protect that space and that time from other people, one thing I do is use like a calendar scheduling tool. I use Acuity scheduling personally. And what that what that allows me to do is if somebody is trying to get on my calendar, I can just send them a link and say, hey, look at my avail- availability and schedule a call. That way, I've already blocked out that time. It won't even allow someone to schedule time with me during those focus blocks. So I'm kind of protecting that space from other people. And like I mentioned, we really have to protect, we are the biggest sabotagers of our focus time. So we have to protect that time from ourselves. So one other thing that I use is this tool called Freedom. And it's an app blocking tool. Um, I've basically prevented myself from being able to access things like social media, Amazon, shopping websites, things that I know that I might likely get distracted by. I block sessions every day of the week. So from those times that I need to have focus, I won't even be able to get on social media if I tried. The, the cool thing about that is that knowing that those things are in place makes you less likely to actually go towards social media because you know you can't get on it anyways. So that's kind of an example of how you have to kind of protect yourself from yourself. So I, I kind of, does that really answer the question or give you guys a picture of what protecting that focus time would look like? Yeah, I think that's a wonderful example and something that is relatable if people are growing their businesses, but also if you work a full-time job. I know that when I worked in corporate, some of the people that I really respected were people who had certain blocks off so that they could get worked. I worked in... um an environment where there it was a meet, really meeting heavy culture and kind of meetings for the sake of meetings where you could spend all day in meetings and not get anything done. And so people would block off their calendars to make sure that they had that time to work on the projects that they knew would actually move the needle. So I think that's great advice. And hopefully that's something that everyone can relate to. Yeah, when it when you mentioned something I think that would be great for me to add to. It's really important to communicate those boundaries with people too. So, if you're in a position where you are in an environment where you are around other people, I happen to work from home, so I have a little bit more control over like phys- like day-to-day physical distractions from other people. But if you are in an environment where people are walking around, maybe someone knocks on your door to ask a question, 
really communicating this uninterrupted focus time, whether that's putting a sign on the door, whether that's just having a conversation with people and saying, hey, look, it it is really important for me and this work and for the culture as a whole for me to be able to have this time. So I'm going to ask that you know, not to knock on my door. Um, I'm maybe I'm not going to be able to respond to emails right away. I'll be sure and check the emails when this uh, this focus time is over. But just having those conversations, I think people will be understanding because when they really take that assessment of what they get done every day at work, they probably you might actually be setting that good example and influencing and inspiring more and people to do that for themselves too. Thank you. I'm sure that people appreciate that. I am excited to dive into these final few questions, the lightning questions that I ask everyone and where I feel like there ends up being a lot of insight. So the first question that I have for you is, what is something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? I learned this really cool meditation technique that I've been using that I really, really like so far. I had I had really committed to making meditation something I do every day. And earlier this year, I came across this interview on this podcast that I like to listen to with this woman named Emily Fletcher. I'm not sure if, if anyone's familiar with her, but she has this book out called Stress Less, Accomplish More. Um, I would highly recommend that book for people that are looking for some type of meditation technique that is really simple to do, but also has huge impacts. So I've been doing this technique and really deep diving into a lot of the research on what meditation can do to improve, improve your life and really learning about how stress is impacting our community in terms of illness, in terms of just lack of creativity And I'm really exploring how I can kind of use some of this work in my business. So that's something I'm really excited about learning lately. That is exciting. I'm going to have to look into that. The next question that I have for you is what is something that you're in the process of unlearning? Oh, I love this one. (laughs) I'm unlearning a lot. But one of the things I think that is kind of consistent is unlearning this addiction to doing and then making more space for being in stillness. So I've realized that for me, I had a really strong ad- identity with like that achievement, that achievement based identity, somebody that was always like, quote unquote, chasing success. When I think about what chasing success means, the more and more I think about it, the less that actually even makes sense. <laughs> um So I was just somebody who thought that in order for me to really receive love and validation from people, this was something I, you know, built in childhood, I had to be achieving things in society's metrics. So what that did for me was kind of put me on a really exhaustive path for always just trying to do work, never really stopping to take care of myself never stopping and actually looking at my accomplishments and being proud of them. So I've been unlearning that pattern. And as much as I have the intellectual um, knowledge that that pattern's unhealthy, there's still so much in my body that tries to pull me back into that type of work. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So like, even though you intellectually know something's not good for you, it's like these patterns are so deep that you really do have to commit to just unwinding it. 
So for me, yes, I'm doing a lot of unwinding from just that addiction to doing and spending so much more time doing things that are rooted in stillness and rooted in just being and being present more. Yeah, I resonated with all of that. That is something that I feel like I'm constantly unlearning. And then just when I think I've like learned that lesson, something else comes up and I have to unlearn it all over again. So I think that for me, it's probably going to be something that is just a lifelong process of unlearning. And I'm excited for it. I think there's something big in having that awareness already. And I hope that's something that you are giving yourself a lot of grace for, that you have this awareness that you've been so rooted in doing, and now you're you're able to create a different path for yourself. So... Yeah, yeah. The the realization that I had the addiction to this pattern came like towards the end of 2019, early 2020. So I like the actual connection of the dots just kind of happened for me recently. But yeah, that awareness is so helpful because you can catch it at times when you would have just had that automatic behavior without thinking. Now I'm able to catch it more and and then put into practice those those things that really represent that stillness and that being so Mm, that is yeah i'm just here nodding my head (laughs) so the last question is a question that i get super excited about it is what is a way that you've grown that you're proud of and this is really something like feel free to brag on yourself i want to celebrate with you and the listeners want to celebrate with you as well Yeah, I would say that I'm absolutely most proud of the work I'm doing to kind of sit in the seat of my own consciousness and observe my thoughts, not react to them right away and not judge them. The judging part, especially a lots of emphasis on the judging part. And what this has done for me is realize, number one, how often we get hijacked by our thoughts. Number two, just being able to kind of separate who I am from what those what I'm assigning those thoughts as meaning. And when you can really kind of, I guess, sit behind your thoughts, if that makes sense, your life really does have start to change tremendously. And I'm talking about just having a thought that comes up throughout the day that typically would then send us into a spiral of having more thoughts about that thing. And getting stressed out about it, getting anxious about it. But instead, learning to just see that thought come up and notice it and not judge it, sit with it for a second, and then just let it dissipate. I feel like I'm much more patient with the people around me. Um, I'm less reactive emotionally. I have a better ability to be able to just kind of pause and Instead of going with whatever that knee-jerk emotional reaction would usually say, I can pause and say, is there another way to look at this? That work for me has been absolutely, absolutely just game-changing. So I'm super proud of myself for just diving into it because it's not always easy and I don't get it right all the time. Um, But the cool thing about kind of committing to that type of work is you do learn grace you do learn to be kinder to yourself in this journey because you kind of have the understanding and the awareness about what all of this means and that none of it actually defines your worth as a human being. So I'm definitely proud that I've dove into that work. I'm proud of you as well. Thank you for sharing that. 
it's so cool to hear the the ways that different guests have grown. So I really appreciate you letting us into a piece of your journey. Thank you. That's a great question too. Feel free to steal it. I think I, I might have to. That, like, <laughs> it just is, we, especially as people who are doers, we get so used to doing and going on to the next thing and forgetting like, hey, these things that are second nature now or these things where I've made all of these strides are not things that were natural before. So I tend to have a lot of guests who are more inclined to be doers. And I I personally love giving them that space to reflect and to celebrate. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, because like you said, I I think I started my law firm without two years of having to having stopped and actually looked at what I accomplished because I was so focused on like climbing up some metaphorical ladder to success that I didn't even like appreciate what I had accomplished in that time. So yeah, that that's a really important exercise. The other the other kind of thing that comes along with that is not beating myself up for beating myself up. <laughs> have you ever gotten to that spiral of yes, of yes, thought patterns? Yeah. So just that grace is like, well, even if I find myself beating myself up, don't beat myself up for that. <laughs> That's been something that, that I've learned as a part of that seat of consciousness work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that could probably be another podcast episode. It's like you get to the point where you have the awareness. And then I just actually had a moment like this earlier this week where I noticed a pattern coming up and then I had to do a lot of work to say, okay, this pattern is coming up. How am I going to respond to it? And also not get into this deep pit of I, why am I not past this? Why am I still showing up in this way or having the knee jerk reaction to show up in this way? So yes, that, that is something I'm all too familiar with. So if people are interested in staying in touch with you, learning from you on how they can really create a life that is more aligned, Mary, where can they find you? Sure. My website is abundantlybeing.com. And then you can find me on social media anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest are the three places I'm probably hanging out most at Abundantly Being. Um, And then also on the website, if you're interested in working closer with me, I do have a group for entrepreneurs. That's a monthly membership. And we are working to build those skills to create a thriving life and business. Some of the things I talked about earlier in the episode and every month we have a theme we focus on. We're actually working on like building that skill set to work more from that internal space instead of relying from those external things for fulfillment so that you can find that on my website too, if you're interested in taking a look at that. Thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate what you shared on the show. And I, yeah, I just thank you for the time that you took to share with my listeners. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com. 